Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Brenna McCullough, and it's another interview episode. We have Emma Erdbrink. You may know her as an audio engineer for Doughboys, uh, HeadGum, uh, the podcasting network. How's everybody doing? Let's start with Emma. I'm good. I'm good. Hanging out, you know, staying at home. How are you guys? Doing good. Yeah, this is during the quarantine. How's quarantine treating you, Bren? Great. I love it. I don't have to go outside or see that horrible, horrible sun ever again. <laughs> oh, are living you my a vampire? Best life. <laughs> no, I'm just very Irish. So you would so. say you self-identify as something of an introvert? A little bit. A little bit. I haven't talked to anyone, I think, in a week. Wow. I think this is the first time I've vocally spoken out loud. Outside so, of podcasting. <laughs> outside of podcasting, I don't really communicate with any other human being. It's great, and I love it. Oh, that's a scary peek behind the curtain. I guess that's how we're starting this one. Um, but no, that's the thing. We have a really cool guest. We have Emma with us. And that's the thing. I do want uh, you to explain to any of our listeners who may be unfamiliar with you. Uh, can you give us a little background pitch on who you are and what you do? Yeah, um, I'm a freelance audio engineer. Uh, I'm based in LA. Uh, I work as most notably, I think, for the Doughboys podcast. Um, love them for the HeadGum Network. Uh, and then I do a lot of work for All Things Comedy. It's Bill Burr's podcast and uh, production company. So I do a lot of work with them. Um, I used to work for Marketplace. Technically, I think I still work there, but I haven't been there in a long time. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of, you know, whoever calls gets my time first, you know, <laughs> unless it's the Doughboys. Very Doughboys cool. always gets my time first. Oh, of course. That's what I mean. Uh, we're big Doughboys fans here at ABTS. In fact, we had uh, Nick and Song on at one point, and now we're having you on, so it's really cool. But I did want to say, how did you meet the Doughboys? Because it's always interesting hearing those uh, origin stories. Yeah, so um, I and I met the Doughboys through uh, our, all of our former network, Feral Audio, which was, I ended up there kind of uh, by accident, I guess you could say. I was working for um, Marketplace at the time, uh, part-time, and I was driving Lyft part-time. And one of my passengers was also an audio engineer, so we ended up getting coffee and kind of talking about the struggle of trying to find a job in LA at the time. And he ended up getting offered a job at Feral Audio um, that he couldn't take because of another part-time job he had. So he offered it to me, and I took it. Um, so I oh, ended nice. up, Yeah, so I ended up there for a little while. And then when Feral Audio went down and got absorbed by Starburns, um, Doughboys left the network, and they needed a new engineer. And Yusong and I knew each other from working together at Feral. So uh, he called me, and I went in to fill in for them for a little while, and I kind of never left. Very cool. Oh, man, that's right. awesome. Yeah, it was like it was very much I stumbled into it. It wasn't planned. I wasn't looking for anything. I didn't know the show at all, aside from the few episodes I had mixed for them. And I just kind of like, yeah, walked into it by accident. So a lot of us are familiar with what happened with Farrell. How does that lead you to working for HeadGum? Because that's who the Doughboys are on currently, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so after Farrell um, ended, I actually stayed with Starburns for another year and a half after that, um, just freelance, doing some stuff for them. I worked with, I mixed Jackie Johnson's podcast, Natch Butte, for a long time, and oh, cool. her and I were very tight, and we had a really good workflow together, so I refused to leave her her show um, <laughs> until this past September. Uh, they Fer, uh, Fer, I almost called them Farrell again. Starburns brought everything in-house, so they stopped using freelancers, so I left them in September. Uh. But um, I, we were, Doughboys was independent for a while. It was just... It was actually, we didn't even have Yusung for a little while. It was just the boys and me um, kind of stumbling through independence <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> and then uh, the HeadGum Network approached them about joining the network. And I don't know the ins and outs of that deal, but they signed with the That's HeadGum right. Network. 
so we all went over there and then i through that they started they reached out and they're like we actually have some other head come shows that could use your help are you down so i started working for them on some other stuff that's super cool oh man awesome so have you ever interacted with jake and amir yeah hell yeah we i've uh hung out with them a bunch of times we had we did a festival in uh chicago last june um and i got very drunk with jake (laughs) Uh, it was a lot of fun um i think amir might have been there i can't remember (laughs) he was in chicago i know that i can't remember if he was at the bar that night um but (laughs) super producer mars and i were at the bar with backpacks full of equipment and hard drives and sd cards and zooms and stuff trying to behave ourselves but not lose the backpack full of equipment (laughs) oh that just hearing a backpack full of audio equipment at a bar it instantly gets me nervous no yeah <laughs> like, it's it's one of those things that when i do i don't do it often but like when we're on when we're on tour with doughboys it's the same thing like i'll have the hard drive in my laptop and the zoom in my backpack and we'll go get drinks or food after the shows and it's mm-hmm. at, no matter where we are it's kind of it's either on the floor between my legs and i'm holding it or it's on my back or it doesn't leave my body it's touching me yeah. at all times <laughs> yeah yeah it's like a briefcase handcuffed to you yeah i had a in college, I did, like, video stuff, and we would rent cameras from the school, but the communication department was about a mile and a half off campus mm-hmm. in a rented building by itself because they hated us, and I would have to take a bus just to get out there, and, like, yeah, I'd record, like, comedy shows, and they're like, all right, let's go get fucked up. I was like, cool, yes, but also my baby here is about $5,000, <laughs> Yeah, and I exactly. can't afford to get a touch. It's like between my so. laptop and the Zoom and then my hard drive and the value of the content on that hard drive, it's just like mm-hmm. better sometimes if I go drop it off. If I'm not far from wherever we're staying, I will go just drop it off, especially if yeah, we have yeah. merch with us, definitely go drop it off. <laughs> safe bet yeah (laughs) too valuable absolutely all right so that's the thing i one question that i have for you is the quarantine has been affecting everybody in different ways but as podcasters uh you guys are no longer allowed to tour and you're no longer even capable of congregating to do the podcast in person which in a lot of instances uh we've interviewed uh different people from like earwolf shows like they're doing it in an actual studio if i'm not mistaken a lot of this for doughboys happens in mitch's apartment but even still you're you guys are now separated uh how has that impacted that show yeah so we do we do record all of our episodes in mitch's apartment um partially because scheduling wise that's just so much easier and we make a mess sometimes when we record we have a lot of food (laughs) a lot of snacks uh it's not really most studios are no food no drink so (laughs) right you know the headgum studio is not like that but we just i don't know we kind of we like our our own tight-knit little cozy corner in mitch's apartment um but luckily we had a little bit of practice with this um in the fall mitch was shooting the tomorrow war in atlanta so he was gone for like three or four months um, and we had to do remote records with just him where Weiger would come to my apartment and I would record Weiger and I, and then Mitch would be in Atlanta. And so we kind of had a little bit of a preview to that, but now we're just doing it all from our own apartments. Um, we're using zoom so we can see each other and then I'm doing similar to what you guys do. I think just like everyone's recording alone at home and we sync it up after the fact and hope for the best yep. kind of. <laughs> Yeah, luckily, we've been doing that from the get-go. We've never, like, half the time, for the most part, I haven't even met half of my co-hosts until uh, my wedding, which was just last year, so that was wild. (laughs) Wow, well, congrats, and that's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I mean. So it's funny how, like, we've been doing a lot of uh, remote stuff 
uh, ever since the inception of this podcast, but would love to do something in person. But the, even just the thought of that, I'm like, oh man, the audio equipment uh, change up there would be a, a nightmare for me personally. But that's what I mean. That's what you're, you're used to. So going from that to remote must be a little bit of a change up, but not too hard to handle. Yeah, it's definitely been an experience. Um, I'm pretty lucky in that like... Wagger has his own record set up and pretty good internet and Mitch's internet sucks, but he has the zoom and, <laughs> and a phone. So we figured that out and you know, my, I just moved my internet's been all over the place, but that's pretty much the biggest hurdle is, is people's internet yeah, <laughs> and the ability to video conference with each other. Um, the hardest part is at first was finding guests that were capable of it, but me and super producer Mars and then this uh, producer whose name is escaping me at the moment at Earwolf put together a list of podcasters who record remotely and, um, that's kind of helped and we're just kind of taking it week by week episode by episode and figuring it out very cool oh man okay and that's another aspect of things i want to mention uh this is typically a video game podcast so we did want to get to hear about the gaming background you have in fact I, I know we talked a little off air. In fact, a peek behind the curtain for the listeners. This isn't the first time we started recording. <laughs> I screwed things up and we had to start all over. But uh, we heard that you were playing Animal Crossing. Uh, can you maybe tell us a little more about that? Yeah, so I'm sure if you're a gamer, you're very aware of Animal Crossing and that it right. came out a couple weeks ago for the Switch. Um, yeah, so we've all been... I've ordered it i pre-ordered it a long time ago and i the release date could not have been more perfectly timed with quarantining um but yeah <laughs> too perfect yeah it's exactly i was like did nintendo mm. cause yes we have that conspiracy out animal there. crossing sales i'm confused <laughs> um but yeah we've been i've been playing a lot of animal crossing so obviously the doughboys have been playing i was saying earlier we had a turnip party this morning we all checked our turnip prices because it's sunday and Mine were the cheapest, so Susser and Weiger and Yusong came to my island. Mitch didn't wake up in time. We still haven't heard from him, so he's, <laughs> he'll be up in a few hours. Uh, but it's noon, just in case anyone's curious. <laughs> <laughs> he's lost to the cosmos. Yeah, but we all bought. They all came to my island, and we all bought turnips. And then later this week, whoever has the highest prices, will all go there and sell them. So it's we're a little family helping each other out in the world of Animal Crossing. Uh, it's been so fun. Cute. It's- Love it. It's crazy with the turnips because this is my first Animal Crossing game and I was even late to it. Like, I didn't think I'd be interested. I bought it like a week after everyone else. So I'm behind. Yeah. Um, but like all of my friends who are playing, I was like, what are your prices? What are your, what's the turnips? What's going on with you guys? And they're like, oh, I don't know. I didn't even like check. And then I'm on a Discord with, uh, for an animator, animator friend I like. And, uh, he's like, yo, turnips selling on my island, 637. Holy Get shit. in here! And That's such a high turnip price. Everyone swarmed. I sold. I only had a few turnips because I didn't have that much money. I sold them and I got two oh two thousand bells. Nice. And just like paying off houses, paying off bridges, right. just going nice. nuts, yeah. living big. Hell yeah! And it's just like I get the stock market now. I get the thrill. <laughs> <laughs> you get the thrill of trading stocks. Yeah, I yeah, love I it. Understand. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's a it's a great game. My first Animal Crossing game was on the GameCube, and um, I was saying this before we started, but the uh, Doughboys we recorded a Doughboys double on our Patreon, an episode for our Patreon about Animal Crossing. It's just Nick, Mitch, and I uh, talking about Animal Crossing. But f- in preparation for that episode, I uh, booted up my old GameCube and my and my old Animal Crossing town, and I like ran around for a few minutes just to to see what it felt like to go back oh, to totally. it. Totally. 
It's pretty. <laughs> were all your villagers like starving and like? No, they were. They were. Like, where, where it thought you? it was three in the morning, and I didn't change it, so they were all like asleep. But um, oh, I was yeah. waiting for it. Used to do this thing when you would talk to a villager and you hadn't talked to them in a long time, or like you hadn't played the game in like a week or two, and you went and said hi mm-hmm. to someone. It would be like, oh my god, Emma, I haven't seen you in two weeks, and I was waiting for one of them to be like, oh my god, Emma, I haven't seen you in ten years. But yeah, they, right. they didn't. I didn't get that satisfaction. Uh, <laughs> it would have been funny. Um, but yeah, I booted up my old Animal Crossing game and ran around on that for a little while. And it's pretty, uh, s- there's some great similarities. Like they really just like upgraded it. They like kept all the best parts and like made the, you know, the new version obviously looks better and sounds better. And and the internet component of it is great. But it's it's got that yeah. same, you know, warm, fuzzy vibe. Yeah, I feel yeah. like we're fortunate in the sense that this episode is being recorded on Easter Sunday or Bunny Day in Animal Crossing. <laughs> yep. And uh, that's what I mean. This episode's going out tomorrow, so listeners are hearing it. Uh, it's pretty topical. That's It was a really eventful weekend in Animal Crossing. They had the fishing tournament on Saturday and mm-hmm. then Bunny Day today. Uh, how did you guys fare at the fishing tournament? In fact, I remember I, I did pretty decent but every now and then i would like cast in my my line and pull out a freaking egg and it would just like mm-hmm. set me up for like failure because then i'm like running around being like oh no I, I gotta find another fish and so much time would go off the clock and i just i don't know there'd be times where i'd literally only catch one but like for the the best of times i would get like six yeah that's what happened to me the first like two fish i tried to catch during my tournament run was were eggs and i was pissed it's so frustrating <laughs> i was like what it's this is garbage. cruel and unusual punishment but um i ended up catching four fish in my time so i was okay nice uh, okay i got one egg and then i immediately said fuck that <laughs> next time i see zipper he's getting a hook through the eye oh lord and i just started digging up clams to get fish bait <laughs> so i just that way you guarantee to get fish wherever you're at and you could just spam bait and I think the most I got was eight fish. That's really smart. I should have done that. I thought about that. Yeah. And then I don't know. I got distracted and I didn't keep playing. I did it for a little, <laughs> but I was also like, I can't imagine finding all these clams in order to do this. Yeah. I don't know I mean, what distracted me yesterday, but I left my I left my game and I didn't finish harvesting my fruit and I didn't finish my tournament. And I don't know what I did. I like got distracted and put it down and I didn't pick it up again until this morning. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you only get like because of the annoyance of how long it takes to like either hook a fish pull it out and then read the little blurb it says every single time mm-hmm. it still takes a good amount of time so even with like 10 pieces of fish bait you can maybe get i think if you're lucky and the fish bite instantly you can get like 12 at most oh wow because you think like oh three minutes that's plenty of time right. but then you realize like running around like oh no it's it's not a lot of time at all so yeah i think you can probably get 12 at most yeah, it's not the kind of game where you're supposed to like run through it super quick. Like you're supposed to just take your time, catch some fish. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like a competition, really. Yeah, that's why I'm happy. The bonus, like where you're like, oh, you got a lot of fish. Here's your bonus. Is only three because it's yeah. a very low bar to get to. But it's still like, like Doug said, there's times where I only caught one fish and caught like a rock and an egg, and other times, so it can be tough. Yeah. Well, I'm also glad you were showing some animosity towards this zipper guy. So that's the thing. I have a confession to make. I spent way too much time playing Animal Crossing today, like to the point where I woke up at eight and then like, yeah, I walked for a mile at like 11 and then I came back and just went back right into Animal Crossing and had lunch at one point, but it was nothing but Animal Crossing. And I swear it was my my whole mindset was I'm like, well, it's bunny day. This isn't going to happen again. 
uh, let's see if I can do all the things this rabbit wants me to do. And it's like, I had all of the recipes it needs me to do. It's just like, oh, you just have to craft them all. And like for the past 12 days, I don't know, uh, on April 1st is when he shows up and all these eggs and shit are showing up. And everyone online's like, oh, fuck these eggs, sell them. It's stupid. Why do you need these eggs? And that was my mindset the whole time until today where I'm like, oh, wait, I actually need these eggs to craft these things where I'm like, I should have been doing that anyway. He told me to do that. I'm like, not an idiot. (laughs) He warned you, It's very apparent. He's like, yeah, if you want the super special thing, uh, you got to craft everything. And I was looking at it this morning going, you know what? It's early as fuck. I have nothing to do. I'm full quarantine mode. I'm just going to heads down, get whatever like the super special thing is. And it was frustrating because I'm like, had I only just saved these eggs this whole time, it would have been like so easy. But instead I'm like, I mined everything on my island. I eventually had to go travel to other islands using those Nook mild tickets Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. I used at least like five of those traveling to five different islands, mining all of those. It was unbelievable. And then there was this exchange unit thing where the bunny guy zipper was like, oh, if you give me three of one type, I'll give you one of another type. I'm like, thank God, because some of them are a lot harder to find than others. yeah, like leaf, eggs, I have fish. so many leaf eggs, but like no sky. Because you eggs. get three every time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's so frustrating in that regard. But then he, the interface is so bad that you can't do it in bulk. So it'd be like yep. one at a time. And I'm like, oh my god. And he he like has this huge like elaborate like text uh, that he talks to you with. And eventually, though, after you do it a few times, he'll just be like. What do you want, kid, <laughs> or something? Like, I'm, I'm fucking tired, like, kid. What do you just, want? Like he's, his facade is completely just like. Yeah, up. I did the exact same thing. I was just selling off all my eggs, and like I made a few of the recipes, and I was like, "This is stupid," and I just sold everything. And then like two days ago, I decided I cared and I wanted the bunny <laughs> thing, and so I've just been trying to hoard <laughs> eggs. And I'm like, "This is right? I fucked this up because I totally could have done it. I had so many eggs, and I sold them all like an idiot." Well, I can gladly say I have in possession uh, right now the. The recipe for the bunny day wand, it took me from 8 till 2.30, so I don't recommend it, listener. And it's too late anyway, unless you did this uh, or did it, like, the smart way and were prepared the whole time. Uh, it it sort of might be worth it, but here's the thing. No, you go to all not. this trouble, and you and that was the worst thing about it. He's like, oh, if you do all of these recipes, I'll give you a prize. And then he's like, actually, you have to do one more. And I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me, rabbit. Uh, he was like, you got to make this thing called like a uh, zipper weebly wobbly toy or something. And in yeah. order to make that, you need four of each type of egg. And I literally oh, at I'm that fucked. point thought I was done. And I was like, no. <laughs> so I went, that's when I needed to get more tickets and go farm on more uh, islands and shit. But long story short, I made that toy. Don't sell that thing because you're going to need it because it's an ingredient for the wand. Because that's the thing. The big, super spectacular gift he was alluding to is just a recipe to this bunny day wand and he's like oh it's just a recipe it's not the actual wand itself it's like yeah fuck give me both or something because like now i have the weebly wobbly thing but i need a a couple of star fragments to make the wand like i have a star wand anyway so i guess this is all futile but like god whatever what is the what what does the bunny day wand do it's just like the star wand it helps you change clothing or outfits oh okay okay I yeah, have, it's really not worth that I have that a Star effort. Wand, too, and I have a, a snow, snow Wand or something, because my game, when I started it, it wasn't connected to the internet or something, so it thought it was December 31st, so it was snowing in my Whoa. game when I first started, and so I was like, 
yeah, I accidentally time traveled and I like I was like running around and I remember this from the old game. There was like snowballs. And so I was like pushing them around and like you can make a snowman. And so I did that. And then the snowman came to life and was like, here's a snowflake. Jesus. All you need is some star fragments and you can make a star, a snow wand. You're blowing my mind, wand. Emma. Yeah, it was. I, and I was wait like, for this. Cool. And then I was like, oh, wait, it thinks it's December 31st. How weird. And then I was like, oh, shit, I'm not online. And I like fixed it. And then it like time traveled and it was like Reset. March and no more snow and i was like oh okay so i get, i accidentally popped myself ahead like that so i have one of those wands so all the wands do the same thing i think so yeah, okay i have like i clearly haven't you, used it <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can register eight outfits on it so you can just quick change outfits that's cool yeah i don't think i had much for clothing when i when i got it so i was like i don't i don't have multiple outfits i'm like in the right. generic outfit that i started in <laughs> yeah I imagine you took a picture with the snowman and you look, once you connected the internet and it resets, you look at the picture and he's fading away like in Back to the Future. Oh my God, that'd be so good. <laughs> oh no, Frosty. Oh, this timeline has ended. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you somehow, you, it comes back around and he like, you build the snowman again and he's all disheveled and like an alternate timeline. Like, you've been gone for so long and it's dystopian and apocalyptic. <laughs> yeah. Oh Lord. Oh God. I, I just got some star fragments and made uh, a few wands. Getting star pieces is bullshit in that game because you just have to be staring at a night sky, not doing anything. Like so at it, the right time, I too. Mean, yep. Yeah. So, I mean, luckily it's on a Switch, so you can take the Joy-Cons off. So I just, I popped it down and it just started watching like some TV shows or something. And then like every five seconds I'd be hitting the A button. But it's just like, I waited for like an hour and a half and maybe got like nine star bits. I was like, this is some horseshit. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's not... I did it and then I didn't realize that you had to wait a day for the star fragments to show up on the beach and I was like running around on the beach trying to find them and I was like what the fuck I just wished on a star there's no star fragments and then I I actually googled it (laughs) and I was like okay I guess I'll just check back tomorrow (laughs) anytime I have a question about this game it's like oh just wait a day I was like but I want it now that's (laughs) kind of the fun like you play you can play I mean today's different because it's bunny day I guess but you can play for hours basically and do all of your little tasks harvest your fruit sell plant whatever and then eventually you kind of run out of stuff to do and it's like okay i guess it's time to move on to a different game or like put this down for today and i'll check back in tomorrow exactly and i kind of like that but i also kind of hate that yeah definitely. yeah I'm Especially that point. if you're playing like I am today, being like, oh, I'm playing for hours on end. But that's the thing. I just was able to consistently farm and just get so much money. And that was a nice thing I liked about the fishing tournament is like all the fishing in the cooler you could just sell right on the fly. I'm like, all right, I'm making money. But it costs 500 to get in. So, But even still, like you're profiting. Right, I exactly. I think he pays a little more than the store does. Though, he does. I like, actually tried that. I took right. my fish out of the cooler and I went to sell them at this. I went to see what the store prices were, and it was like five thousand bells or something. And then I brought him back to that dude, and he paid eleven thousand bells for them, the same fish. Damn. So he did pay. Yeah, because he. Uh, yeah, because that's CJ, and then he's in in the Japanese. He's a business partner with Flick, who's the chameleon. I was gonna say, I think it's like Flick who will pay you a bunch of money for bugs. For bugs, yeah, he's the same for bugs. So it's fish and bugs, and they even have an emblem on the back of the, like on CJ's hat and on Flick's jacket. It's like a, a fishing rod and a, a bug catching net like crossing, and they had a fish and a bug on it like as a symbol. Oh, cool. Um, so in Japanese, they're business partners, but in English, when they localized it, they just I guess for space wise on the text screen, they just shortened it to just partners. So immediately everyone is like, CJ and Flick are boyfriends. They're gay as fuck, <laughs> and there's just like all this fan art out now about like them as like boyfriends and stuff, which is 
honestly adorable as shit. But that <laughs> I mean, else, I'm into it. That's fine. I'll, I'll take that interpretation. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I like we were talking about where like you do your daily stuff. It's like an MMO where you go in, do your dailies, and then go on to other stuff. I'm praying to whatever the Animal Crossing God is. I think Tom Nook that Flick will visit my island someday. Because the left side of my island, the beach, is just filled with bugs I've captured. And I'm just hoarding until Flick shows up. And I'm going to just pummel him with bug cases. Oh my god, Flick's going to love that. Flick was on my island like two days ago. I don't know how often those they pop up. Oh god, I visited a friend and uh, they had uh, Flick on their island. And I was so mad. I was like, how do I smuggle him in my suitcase? Right. How do I fly him back to my <laughs> Can island? Can you hold on to him? I'm going to run home, get my bugs. I'll yeah. be right back. <laughs> <laughs> It's the internet. It's going to be a lot with the internet connection, the little animation. But like, yeah, I'm going to be rich. That is the only downside of the traveling thing is that you have to like when people are coming and going, you have to just sit and wait for them to come and go. You can't like keep playing. Yeah, and close yeah. all menus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But it's cool. It's it's only I think it's only annoying when it's like on your island and you've got a bunch of people coming. I I don't know if it was a mistake, but when I first got it, I put my friend code on Twitter. And I got oh. so many. I get too many. I have an inbox of like fifty unanswered friend requests on my Switch because it's it's overwhelming. It's too many. It was Wiger was like, "You're gonna regret that," and he was right. It was overwhelming. <laughs> so I like stopped. I like admitted a bunch of people, and then I was like, I woke up the next day, and it was like, "You have fifty unread qu- requests," and I was like, "Too much. It's too much. Uh-oh. Too many. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'll go accept them someday." But I was like overwhelmed, so they're just sitting there for right now. Yeah. But it's. It's the, it's like when you when I open if I open my gates now because I have all of these like Doughboys fans as my friends I like it's just constantly people are coming and mm-hmm. it gets a little annoying because you're just like sitting there waiting for people to land and I can't actually do anything. Damn, yeah, I yeah. know what you mean. Exactly. Same with uh, the stock market. Like people put on Twitter. Like I've heard people looking at Twitter and searching just turnips. Yeah. And, like finding someone who has good prices, and if you do, uh, you you can't put the switch to sleep because that'll cut off the internet. Right. So you just have to have it plugged in, turn sleep off, and just let it essentially go. just wait around. Yeah. yeah, and people are just going to be constantly cycling through to sell turnips and then leave. And it just, uh, I heard someone else discussing it, saying like, if this was any other period in time besides the quarantine, people would be furious about the online like setup for Animal Crossing. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, if people weren't all just like stuck at home right now, this wouldn't work as well but like i think it might be now that we've all played it a bit it kind of does i have an issue with like i am a bit of a night owl and so i sleep all day and then i'm up all night and Mm -hmm. like i like end up like i finish my work at midnight 1 a.m whatever and then i want to go play some games for a little while but no one's (laughs) online (laughs) it's like 1 a.m in la it's 4 a.m in on the east coast and like no one's really online except for mitch mitch is usually up (laughs) 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 that's it that's surprising. Yeah. I thought he was afraid of ghosts. Uh, no. <laughs> but no, that's wisp? one thing uh, I was going to say, though. It was also another a very eventful weekend in regards for video games in the sense that uh, there was this event in Minecraft called Nether Mint, and it was hosted by uh, the emo band American Football and uh, another, <laughs> I guess, like Electronica kind of style band, uh, Anamanaguchi, or not Electronica, they're more like Chip Tooney Rock. Chip Tooney, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a much better descriptor. But regardless, uh, those two teamed up, and I think there was even other performing artists, but I saw a few GIFs. I didn't actually see uh, footage of it or tune in. But uh, yeah, it's literally these blocky people as band performers on a stage and all these blocky people uh, in VR just tune. Not is it VR? I guess oh, it so is. Oh, so they it's did like, like a concert in Minecraft. Yeah. 
Yep, exactly. And it was uh, that's, that's pretty cool. And so that happened weird. just this weekend. That's, yeah, I, I like the concept. I do too. It's funny. I was thinking that when this all of this quarantine stuff started, I was like, everyone just needs to get a Second Life account, and we'll all go back to normal. It'll be fine. <sighs> I don't. I don't know if I can go back to Second Life. I never There's... played, but it, I was like, this maybe <laughs> maybe now's the time to figure it out. <laughs> I mean, I think the new one is just VR chat because that's effectively the same thing. Right. You can do it in VR and like it gets so wild in there. Just so bizarre. Oh, I'm sure. And just it's nuts. Wow. Actually, a lot of artists performed at that like festival in Minecraft. It was like so an that... actual festival. <laughs> wow. It was like Coachella, yes, but really in Minecraft. Insane. Exactly. <laughs> pretty much. So that's like, something that's happening in 2020 to balance all the horrible shit. Yeah. You pay ticket, you pay good prices for concert tickets so you can see the band. But in Minecraft, no matter how close you are, they're going to like 8 bit like blocky. Right. <laughs> No, you're, you're just listening to it now, and you're just, yeah, I don't know, I guess it's its that comfort of being, quote-unquote, in a crowd. <laughs> yeah, right? That's so m- mind-bending to me. That's wild. It's funny, I saw I went to, I saw Tame Impala live at the forum uh, right before quarantine oh, nice. started, and th- the rest of the tour obviously got canceled. It was like, I think, th- the I saw the first LA show, and it was the second date of the tour. The rest of it has obviously been postponed or canceled or whatever but it was right mm-hmm. what it was i saw that and then i flew immediately to denver for the doughboys live show and then i came back and we basically went into quarantine and i was like at least that was the at least i got to see one more show yeah. before all Yo, this Astra. happened <laughs> <laughs> me and twenty thousand totally. of my closest tame impala fan friends got to see this one experience <laughs> before it all went away well that's yeah. good um, okay, well, that let me ask you a quick couple of questions about your gaming background before we maybe even go into some listener-submitted fa- uh, questions. In fact, I asked a Doughboys hand-holding club on Facebook. Hell uh, yeah, I'm in that club. <laughs> oh, you are awesome. Maybe you saw this. I don't thread. check Hopefully Facebook not. anymore, so I probably uh, okay. didn't, but I'm in there. <laughs> can't, can't blame me, but that's where, this is, uh, wh- where those questions will be from. But before we get to that, uh, what was hands. the first gaming console you ever remember playing, and uh, what game... What was the first game you owned? Um, the first gaming console I remember it, it, seriously is is our GameCube. We had uh, I don't remember exactly when we got it, and we were t- I was talking about this the other day with the Doughboys. It came out in two thousand and one or two thousand something like that, and I think that yeah. So I was nine or eight. So I don't think I got it right away. I think we got it. I think I was a little older, but we had a purple GameCube um, and it came with a demo of Zelda Wind Waker, I think. Ooh. And I, and it, but it would only let you play for 20 minutes. And so we would, yeah. we, we would play and like until it would kick you out. And then I think we bought the game eventually, but I don't have it anymore. Um, but we were big animal. I was big into animal crossing. We had super monkey ball. That was a big one. Um, which I also still have. Uh, and then I still have my Super Smash Brothers Melee and Mario Kart. Nice. Um, I, th- yeah, I think the GameCube was the first one. I have an N64 now, uh, but I bought that like a year and a half ago, two years ago. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's fairly new. <laughs> awesome. All all great games. So you're pretty much a Nintendo head, would you call yourself? Yeah, I mean, I... I w- and I really love Sims. That was a huge thing when I was a kid. Sims, the deluxe edition, and like with the magic expansion pack, I would spend forever oh, yeah, playing yeah. Sims. Like my parents had to hide the laptop because I, I would steal it <laughs> and like go play Sims forever. Because Sims is one of those like time suck games where you can start playing and blink and it's been eight hours. Um, mm-hmm. 
And so I love that. I have Sims 4 on my old laptop. I didn't put it on my new one when I upgraded to, as a an effort to stop myself from playing it so much <laughs> because it's such a time suck. It's also a huge memory suck. Um, but yeah, those I've always liked um, the Sim type games, like the little worlds and stuff. Hence why I like. Mm-hmm. I think Animal Crossing was like the precursor for Sims in my brain. <laughs> nice. Um, all right. Well. I'm just going to go right into some of these listener submitted questions. And that's the thing. I I called you a Nintendo head. Some of these questions seem to be revolving around a theme here of marijuana. And that's the thing. (laughs) So that's Hmm. the thing. I guess this is part of the persona you've put out there online. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Uh, Chris Kimball, for instance, asks, what's your best weed story or uh, best stoned video game would also be great. Ooh. Okay. So, um, I think right now I would say Animal Crossing is a good stone video game. Pre- prior to that, yeah, totally. Prior to that, um, I do really love Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, Mitch and Weiger actually bought it for me last year when I got my Switch. It was like a congrats on your Switch. Here's the game. Um, it showed up in the mail. That's awesome. Yeah, it showed up in the mail on, via Amazon Prime. It actually showed up on 420. Uh, which is yes. even better. Um, my boyfriend and I got stoned and went and got brunch and then I got home and there was an Amazon package and I was like, I didn't order anything. And we opened it and it was just <laughs> Zelda. There was nothing on it and it didn't say who it came from. And so I sent a picture of it in our group, Doughboy's group chat and Wagger just responded, congrats, you have 900 Korok seeds to collect. And I was like, oh shit. So yeah. damn. Yeah. So I, and I do love that game. That game is great when you're stoned because it's, it's just beautiful. Like it's, pretty to look at and like you you can mm-hmm. play the game or you can just like run around in the woods and like find stuff and like you know do little tasks like you don't have to play like the main course game if you don't want to which is one of the things i used to like skyrim for the same reason like i could just run around with my dog and my horse and like do whatever i felt like or i could like go kill some people you know what i mean yeah, um, yeah. it's okay you get kind of depends on your mood um so totally those are those are some pretty good stoned uh video games and then uh good stone stories i have so many stone stories i'm stoned all the time (laughs) (laughs) i love it that's what i mean i loved your tweet recently it was like happy 420 month (laughs) yeah (laughs) it is 420 month and you know what's so sad all this quarantine and corona stuff is taken away from that (laughs) we don't get to celebrate (laughs) and it's a once in a lifetime it's a once in forever you know once in a hundred years i guess experience and we don't get it fully for sure but it does uh encourage everyone to just kind of stay home and just light up oh yeah bit. i've been more stoned this month than ever because <laughs> what else we gotta do anything. yeah i mean what else is there to do the bong's right there might as well hit it right right <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic <laughs> uh, i've i've been tempted i'm not a big inebriator myself because i got uh, probably my best stone story is i in college we were making edibles once and a friend of mine who did them before said uh, she gets sleepy when she does them. Mm-hmm. So I was like, cool, I want to have a good time beforehand. So let me get real drunk. Oop. And no one stopped me. Nope, that's a bad idea. So, <laughs> yeah. So I got real drunk. And then we had an edible. And then everyone else had a good time. And then I had two more edibles within the hour. And Whoa. it was a rough oh, fucking get, go like, of things. Oh, the spins like super bad? Every, every textbook stereotypical like way too high kid for the first time thing yeah like, i saw i saw pink elephants i thought death was following me around the walls were melting yeah because i uh, it was i love weed obviously it's 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 just i it's one of my favorite activities but i being too high is one of the, is the <laughs> yeah being too high is the most miserable experience ever 
Oh, mm-hmm. totally. Oh, man. No, I have run into many people who have experienced it. I have myself. It's never a fun time. Yeah, I remember yeah. I, this. the first time I ever got too high was, uh, it was the summer before my freshman year of college. My parents were in Maine for the weekend. And so my sister and I had the, our house in, in New Hampshire to ourselves. We had some friends over. We got stoned at night. We had fun. We were up late. Whatever. We made food. I don't even really remember. And then the next morning... Um, my friend Nicole, who is a big stoner, was like, let's wake and bake. And I was like, I've never done that. She was like, oh, it's the best way to start the day. And I was like, okay, great. <laughs> so we wake and we wake you. and baked and went to Applebee's. <laughs> and uh, and I got... I, Welcome it did, to our neighborhood. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> we, used to, we used to smoke. I don't condone this really anymore, but we used to smoke while we were driving around town, partially because that was we couldn't smoke at home when our parents were home. So we would go for bur- what we call burn cruises and burn- we would just oh my yeah. god it's a culture thing and it, i'm very familiar with this <laughs> yeah we would just drive around and get stoned and you know there were some things that decisions we made in the time that i look back on i'm like maybe not the best but you know i'm alive and i'm here so who cares uh exactly but we were i think we smoked on the way to applebee's or something and i remember sitting in the booth and being like i can't breathe and my sister was like you're fine and my sister's a year and a half younger than i am but she was much more of a stoner than i was so she was kind of corrupting me it was a little backwards um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. i was like i'm t- I, I i feel like i'm gonna die and she was like you do you need to lay down and i was like yeah take my food to go and i like went and laid down in the back seat of our honda and like just laid there and like f- stared out the window until i didn't feel like i was gonna die anymore uh that was the first <laughs> time i ever got too high <laughs> oh nice i'm sorry to hear it was that in it an was applebee's a bad parking experience. lot no it's cool it's funny <laughs> It's a good story now. I don't mind. The thing is with weed is like, I, this is what I've done with, with a lot of people that I've been with when they get too high is it there. You can kind of pull yourself down if you have to. You can eat a snack, drink some water, you know, like yeah. go to take a nap. It's not like shrooms or acid or something where like you're up and you're here and you're stuck until it's over. Yeah. yeah. Where like you have a little bit more control. Just like, you know, eat a pizza. Yeah. You'll be super full, but like you also won't be a stone anymore and you'll be fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're probably hungry anyway. You're always a little hungry. <laughs> exactly. Well, before we migrate off the weed topic, what is your favorite strain and method of using it? All right. So I'm a hybrid girl. Um, I'm not big. Oh. I'm not big on like the different names for weed because I hit different ones every time because I always want to try something different. And I also have found like every company has a gorilla glue and they're all different. So. <laughs> <laughs> whatever i don't there i know there's some science behind it i don't really care uh i'm a hybrid girl through and through um my boyfriend likes sativas he's an editor so that makes sense he's it helps get you know the creative juices flowing um so totally. i'll smoke those sometimes but i'm a big hybrid girl and i prefer to smoke out a glass always doesn't matter yeah. it can be a bowl it can be a bong whatever um I don't mind a pre-roll every once in a while but like and a blunt every once in a while at a party is fine but like i'm just glass through and through i think partially because my old roommate who i lived with for eight years she didn't really smoke weed it was just me a lot of the time so like it's easy to like hit a bowl and put it down whereas like a a blunt or something like that is harder to put out hazard yeah you end up wasting a lot of weed when you just like take a few hits and stub it out and then light it again and do the same thing so like whereas a bowl you can just like take a hit and then leave it there and it stays green and it's ready for you and it's just easier I also have a little, uh, it's actually a dab rig that I put a bowl on instead of a, you know, 
so I can smoke flour out of it. Uh, and yeah. it's, oh, it's nice. not huge. It's small. It's I sent a picture. I said there's a picture of it in the Doughscore, the Doughboys uh, Discord channel. Uh, it's it's perfect. It's this like tiny little bong, and I love it. I have a little Pelican case so I can travel with it. <laughs> that's so cool. Okay, so you definitely do love marijuana. It's fantastic, <laughs> and that's the thing. You are working for Doughboys, so it's like the perfect marriage of like things because you get to. Well, actually, that's the, one of these questions that they are asking is. Do you uh, get to eat often with the Doughboys? Or, or no, let me rephrase the question. Taylor Devitt asks, how often does she get to eat the food in question? Like, is it only an occasional occurrence or is she bought something each time or but doesn't review it fully? Uh, it kind of depends. When we're on the road, I tend to eat with them more because we're all there. Um, when we're in L.A., I don't always go eat with them. The The meal usually happens the day before we record. Um, with the guests and sometimes that's just too much of a scheduling nightmare to try to get us all into the same place so it's kind of like if I'm around and I want to go I'm always welcome they're always down to like have me come along and eat the food with them um it just doesn't always work scheduling wise if they're picking up food and bringing it to mitch's they'll always bring me food uh they know some of my favorite things and they'll just grab them for me from certain places we do fa- oh, nice. we do a family dinner we call it sometimes we usually when we do record we tend to record two episodes at a time usually one double and one regular episode and if we're not Mm, eating the meal that day for the regular episode that we'll get dinner in between episodes that has nothing to do with the show it's just dinner just like a dinner break and we have a little family dinner um and like usually there's this place on the east side of la called sidewalk grill and they make good like salads and stuff and so we usually order from there um so they buy me plenty of food uh i don't and sometimes i don't want to eat the food is the other thing it's a lot of fat it's a lot of fast food i mean you guys listen to the show you know it's not good for you i try to eat healthy i try to eat clean um especially when i was training for my half marathon i definitely wasn't eating with them because that's not helpful um i ate way (laughs) too much mcdonald's during munch madness because i was going (laughs) with them to help them carry whatever they needed to for the guests back to the house or whatever and so I ate way more McDonald's than I would like to admit. I think all of the listeners did too. Like it was so tempting. Like I think I heard you song say on either Doughboys or his own podcast, uh, maybe don't that he was like within like the first week of Munch Madness, he was like, I had to stop at McDonald's. I'm like, dude, I was there like two days before you. I'm like, it's like yeah, so it's, tempting I hearing about this I was trying so hard to like behave myself because it started right after I was home for a few days for my brother's 30th birthday party and whenever i go home i end up eating everything because you know i gotta hit up the favorite pizza spot gotta hit up the like you know all of the your little hometown places um and so every time i go home i always eat too much and when i come back to la i'm like all right it's time to run and behave ourselves we're eating veggies you know clean eating (laughs) and we started bunch (laughs) madness and i was like I was like, yeah, I could eat a double quarter pounder with cheese and a twisty cone. And yeah, get me a McFlurry. Why not? (laughs) Like, I was just like, yeah, sure. Go for it. But yeah, it was uh, really interesting watching Nick and Mitch order, you know, $80 worth of McDonald's at a time. (laughs) That's insane. Uh, But I so I don't I don't always eat with them. I do sometimes on the like I said, on the road more. It's more you're probably more likely to catch me having eaten the meal with them if we're on the road. Okay, well, that being said, Nick D'Angelo asks, what is your favorite place that they have eaten at? I'm assuming he means the Doughboys. Ooh, that's hard. They've eaten yeah, at, they have eaten at a lot eaten of places. At a lot of places. <laughs> they ate at a lot of places before I started working with them. And I don't know. I don't. I haven't. Li- to be honest, and they know this, I haven't listened to all of the episodes that predate me. Uh, but <laughs> um, 
I guess one of my favorite places that we ate on the road, we had a really good time on, on our Midwest tour and we ate when we ate at Culver's was really good. And then Swenson's was also pretty good in, I think that was in Cleveland. It was the same tour, right? Yeah. We toured a lot in the last couple of months. It's trying to, it's kind of hard to keep it all uh, straight, but I also had uh, made them bring me Regina's pizza when they, we were in Boston because I love that mm. Regina's. Mitch has talked about it extensively on the show, the one in the North End, and that's and yeah. I my one of my good friends, one of my best friends. We she um she lives out here in L.A. now too. Uh, she used to live right around the corner from there on Endicott Street in the North End. So we used to eat Regina's all the time in college, all like time. constantly. Yeah. It was such an easy thing for us to eat that and Bova's, which was also around the corner. It's just a bakery. Um, so. Probably Regina's, I guess, would probably be my favorite because I have, but that has like a nostalgia thing attached to it too. <laughs> gotcha. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and then another question we have here is Harrison Walter asks, uh, who is your favorite Doughboys guest? Now that's got to be a hard one. Oh, that is super hard. Um, Who's your favorite child? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's kind of a, I have, so I have a couple of answers to that. Uh, I love Carl Tart came with us on the Midwest tour. Carl's a great, he, I love, we love touring with him. He's a great guest to have on the road. He's just a lot of fun to have around. Um, always down to party, always down to eat, uh, just down to hang forever. And I love that. Nicole Byers, also a great road guest. We had a lot of fun in Boston when she did our Boston shows. Um, we got super drunk after the last Boston show. We had a lot of fun. <laughs> she had like a 6am awesome. flight. It was like two in the morning. We were like, drunk Ooh. with Natalie. It was great. Ooh. Um, so I love I love Nicole and I love Carl and then uh the Don't Stop or We'll Die guys are always fun like Paul Russ whenever Paul's on mm-hmm. those episodes totally. are a lot of fun to record they're a disaster to edit but they're so much fun to record <laughs> uh and w- they're like one of those episodes that we I truly am just laughing from start to finish um so I yeah you know that's a lot of fun but it's hard we have a lot of good guests Nick and Mitch have so many you know good connections and they have a lot of they bring in a lot of people that like I didn't know about beforehand or I knew very briefly. And like, it's cool to like get to hear people talk about their childhood food and all of that stuff like we do on the show. Cause that's such a personal thing. It tells you a lot about someone like where they ate growing up their favorite restaurant when they were a kid. You know what I mean? It's like a weirdly personal yeah. thing. So it's kind of cool to get to know all these people like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that, that's no, that was it. a good answer <laughs> yeah absolutely and then uh you mentioned how some of those turn out to be hard uh nightmare edits uh tom valeski asks uh what tools do you use for editing we're getting real granular Ooh, pro tools 100 <laughs> percent. okay um, i'm pro tools through <laughs> nice. and through like uh my de- like Makes i said sense. my degrees in sound design and audio post-production for film and television from emerson college and so the, the industry standard in film is to if for mixing and stuff is pro tools um so when mm-hmm. i was in college that was kind of like you need to learn this monster of a program um and so i did and i've been using it for uh, almost 10 years now i guess wow that's scary um <laughs> that's wild. uh but that's i'm a yeah pro tools through and through all day every day uh the the dope the boys don't we don't edit much out like we don't there's very few edits as far as taking out content it's just the i was mostly thinking of the the munch madness finale episode that we just released that we had to record remotely because of quarantine and it was just a lot of people on remote and some really bad internet and some really bad lag and it just took a long time to edit (laughs) but it was worth it it was a great episode (laughs) awesome all right so i only have maybe two to three more questions here for you uh what franchise blind spots do you have that's from robert ruiz 
franchise blind spots. Yeah, I guess. Like, have you what never seen Star Wars? Yeah. Or oh. Like- Lord of the Rings. Um, Harry Potter, I guess. I was never a big Harry Potter fan. I've seen all of Star Wars, uh, and I've seen all of Lord of the... I love Lord of the Rings. I own the extended edition. Uh, Hell yes. Oh my god, yes. Yeah, I own the extended <laughs> edition, and I actually bought... I specifically went to Best Buy and bought a Blu-ray player because neither my boyfriend or I had one anymore, and we wanted to watch them. After Game of Thrones ended, and we were disappointed in that finale, I was like, how do we <laughs> palate cleanse? And I was like, we need to watch Lord of the Rings. So I went, yeah, so I went and bought a Blu-ray player so we could watch the extended edition of Lord of the Rings. Um, but yeah, I never, I was, I never really got into Harry Potter. Wasn't my thing. Oh, I don't know okay. why my, I tried reading the books when I was a kid. It just didn't click. And then the movies, the, wasn't my thing. All of my cousins loved it. And I understand it's got such a huge cult following, but I don't know. Just didn't work yeah, for me. Yeah, I'm into both Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings, but I definitely would, if I had to pick Lord of the Rings takes it without question. And the books are so much better than the movies. There's so many issues with the movies, but they are still entertaining at the very least. But yeah. no, it's Harry Potter. Um, if you missed out on that one, it's not a big deal, but don't miss Lord of the <laughs> yeah, Rings. My, for my dad's a huge Lord of the Rings fan, which is why I think I've, I feel that way. He's like read all of the books and he was like, when the movies came out, he was talking about the Simmerillion and all of the like appendices mm-hmm. oh, and hell all yeah. the other storylines. And in the book, this is actually how it goes. And so I grew up with the, with that in my ear. So I think that kind of you know <laughs> guided me to my love of Lord of the Rings. I actually have a bunch of Lord of the Rings games for GameCube that were my dad's that I still have that I've thought about plugging oh, in nice. and seeing if they're still any good. <laughs> <laughs> Especially Debbie, like getting drunk, be like, let me tell you about this asshole named Tom Bombadil. Just <laughs> oh, God damn so it. much knowledge about it, like that's what he goes off. <laughs> yeah, it's not even that he goes off. It's more like it's like he wants to tell you the story. Like he wants to basically yeah. read the book to you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's cute. Great. Um. All right, and then uh, what was this last couple of questions here? Uh, do you get fairly compensated and have health insurance? That's from Aaron Carlin. <laughs> That might be a little. No, I I appreciate that people like are curious uh, that because it is. I mean, I'm sure you guys know podcasting doesn't pay well. Um, sure, it's not, but the it's boys, not the boys do have a very successful Patreon, as as many people know, and they do compensate very fairly. I actually get paid by Headgum, um, but the boys set my rate. Uh, and they set it good and high for me before uh, we moved That's over to awesome. Headgum. And then when we go on tour, they pay me privately. And they, they do. They pay very, very well. They take care of me. I don't have health insurance through them because it's not full time. I pay. Uh, I've covered California. It's like uh, I pay out of pocket for my health insurance myself. Um, so That's understandable. I don't have benefits from any of my gigs. But that's, you know, the the life of a freelancer, I guess. But no, the yeah. boys take great care of me. And like, I have a Doughboys credit card when we're on the road. Everything is covered. They're like, yeah, even if you know you need to, you need to buy a new T-shirt, whatever, just, you know, put it on the card. Like, doesn't matter. They take great care. They take and and when all of this quarantine stuff started, they reached out to Yusong and I to make sure we were doing okay financially with all of the changes in working and stuff. So they're they're like truly the best bosses oh, I've good. ever had. That's so heartwarming. And I call them I call them bosses because technically they are. But whenever I say that, they get uncomfortable. And Mitch is like, "No, we're not your boss. That's not no, we're not your bosses." And I'm like, "Okay, whatever. You, you sign the check." But yeah, okay. <laughs> they definitely are the best. They really are. Um, all right, Ian Garwood uh, presented me with this challenge of uh, working in the phrase, this is the Emma dilemma, but I'm going to move right past that. <laughs> uh, and then the last question is uh, from Joshua Chong. If you weren't working in podcasts, what would you be doing? 
That's a great question. Um, I don't know. I ended up in podcasting completely by accident. I was not a pa- fan of podcasts before I started working at podcasting. Didn't even really know much about it. Um, and I stumbled into it. And uh, it's been great to me. And I have a good time. I do love mixing for TV and film. Um, that's a lot of what I do for All Things Comedy is I, d- I work in their podcast department, but I also mix their uh, web series content, their YouTube content. Um, and I, I really enjoy doing that. Um, so maybe something along those lines. If it wasn't in entertainment, uh, I don't know what I would have done. I mean, I used to work in special needs adult care because my brother is a special needs adult. So I worked for his program and I always thought that was I could fall back on that. Or my mom runs an engineering company. I could try to be an engineer. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> okay. Awesome. Yeah. That concludes our listener submitted questions. <laughs> uh Bren, let's move on to our show topics. Uh, is there anything you want to mention? Oh, I was just going to ask, do you have any aspirations of becoming a dialogue editor? Because the one at my company is kind of shit. Oh, wow. So- Wait, what, what's your company? <laughs> That's so funny because I always thought I would be pretty decent at dialogue editing, but I've never truly, I mean, I've never done it on like an official Hollywood scale. So I don't, I mean, I did it in college, but those were like student films. <laughs> so I don't know if that yeah, experience it's- still tracks, but like, yeah, I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> can i work from home i don't know i don't know what the situation is anymore i'm far removed from audio at this point with the company but it's just like, <laughs> with that i deal with uh we don't have to get too into it i'm not interesting but i deal with a lot of rejections at the media company i work oh, for interesting so we'll, we'll hear like audio and we're like wow this is garbage and we're like all right let's look at what our editor makes and we're like wow this is worse wow how did you make it worse how do you make it worse yeah no send it send one my way i'll do a test one and uh see if i can make it better (laughs) (laughs) it'll be like a trial run i interviewed for a job once uh that would i would have been assistant mixing movie trailers and they gave me a 30 minute pro tools test where someone they gave me uh Mm -hmm. basically a trailer with all the sound in an omf which not to get too nerdy is like how you take the sound from the editor the video editing project and put it into like a pro tool so it can be mixed um Mm -hmm. and they gave me basically an omf and then they sat behind me and they asked me questions about things unrelated to what i was doing while i mixed this or test mixed this project it was the weirdest experience of my life Um, (laughs) that is intense and then they offered me the 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 50 hour a week job for 700 bucks a week before taxes so i turned it down (laughs) you yeah i was like wow that sucks (laughs) Yeah, there's I see a lot of job postings where it's like, oh, this is about like a sixty to seventy hour week of job. You'd be on weekends and stuff, and you get paid about like twelve, fifteen an hour. Yeah, like, they were and the, go fuck yourself. I was like, can like, I keep my freelance contracts to like make it even it out? Like, can I keep Doughboys? And they were like, no, you can't. And I was like, okay, cool, I'm not taking it. Yeah, no. Nope. <laughs> I tell every job when I start that, like, you know, I'm freelance, so you know, whoever calls first gets it first, unless it's Doughboys, they always get it first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They take priority. They deserve yep. it. Yeah. <laughs> they pay the best. <laughs> hey, Plus, there you I go. love them. <laughs> That's business. That that makes some of our listeners uh, happy. That answers the other um, question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Show topic wise. Uh, yeah. Gaming news. It's mostly just Animal Crossing and people locked in. Uh, Final Fantasy VII remake came out. Yeah, I've never played the sure Final Fantasy played. games, um, but I've heard I've heard so much about this release uh yeah. from, from nick and, and mitch but um no i've never played it maybe i should i don't know what console it plays on 
It's PlayStation 4 currently, and that's the thing. Mm -hmm. I am interested, but I, too, have never played 7, and it's like, is this really going to be the first time I play 7 on the remake? I'm sure, like, certain purists would be like, you have to play the original. Right. But, uh... (laughs) I'm not sure. I that's the thing. In the way Animal Crossing came out and I was like, "Oh, I'm tempted, but will I actually do it?" I did bite the bullet and go in full in and then I found myself enjoying it more than I ever anticipated. With this, I'm skeptical like maybe I'll bite the bullet, but then I'll play it and be like, "Oh, this isn't for me." Yeah. <laughs> so I'm worried. I do have a PlayStation sure. 4. My boyfriend has one, so I could try it. I'll see if he's ever pl- I don't know if it's- he's ever played them. Everyone's playing it right now. It Everyone's is like right the now. new Animal Crossing craze right now. Interesting. I wonder if my dad, my dad's a big gamer, uh, and I'm curious if he's playing it. Should I ask him? Uh, it was it was definitely big at that time, too, and it's only gotten bigger since, uh, especially with 7. Um, it's rough now, especially because uh, if you buy the game digitally, it's like 60 gigs or something. Yeah, it's a huge I thought it was game. Game. Wow. bigger. Yeah. And it's and it's going to be released in segments. So this is only the first part of it too. What? So like everyone's like, "Oh, I want a physical copy." And now all the deliveries are being delayed and stuff cuz of lockdown. Yeah. So it's like you might have to have like a external hard drive just That's for this. That's crazy. Game See, I was I was a little late to the Animal Crossing game because I ordered the hard copy cuz I like to have hard copies of games. I don't like yeah, having yeah. digital copies of that I'm more likely to lose it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Or you just have limited space on the device itself. Like, I had to delete a few games to make room for Animal Crossing. Yeah, and I don't like... I mean, you can go re-download them, I guess, at a later date. But, like, something like Animal Crossing, which I don't think I'll ever want to delete, I might as well just have the hard copy. Like, I have, like, the Zelda games, and I have Link's Awakening and stuff, like, in real hard copy. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, But I I have this longstanding theory on the podcast where, with Final Fantasy games, at least with that franchise... The best game is the one you played as a kid. Everyone's favorite Final Fantasy game is whatever one they played growing up. Right. So for a lot of people, it's seven. For me and Doug, it's nine. Yes. And uh, I know some people who love six. But say for like you, if you didn't play growing up, I don't know if you'd like yeah, it. Maybe it's I would. Very, like, yeah, that's the, there's so much nostalgia built into these games, which is partially why I think Animal Crossing is so huge right now, too, is because there's so many different versions that so many People mm-hmm. have played at one point or another, and, and and everyone. I mean, Nick and Mitch both have the same. Like Nick played it on DS, and like I played it on on GameCube, and we're almost different generations. I not quite, but close in that we both mm-hmm. we, like. He was like I was in college when I got when the GameCube came out, and I was eight. <laughs> yeah. So there's like a bit of a difference, but we all were like so excited for Animal Crossing to come out because it doesn't really matter. We have that like connection that nostalgic connection to it so that definitely helps the game but if you don't how do yeah. you start well it's a good example because i remember briefly playing animal crossing on the gamecube and i didn't like it at all but i was also a very fidgety child and i was like i want the big action stuff so now that i'm older i can actually appreciate it more so i don't have really any nostalgia for it yeah at all yet i'm i embarrassed to say how many hours i probably have in the new one after two weeks yeah like, i don't like, like that part of switch hours. where it tells you how many hours you've played a game for it's kind of terrifying to see that number just rack up <laughs> true I don't, I don't yeah that. i'm afraid to look i'm i'm ashamed that i have the bunny day wand <laughs> <laughs> just that alone is embarrassing um but yeah what else is going on in the news oh not really video game related but we figured we could probably talk about it oh <laughs> it no might be interesting is this what i uh, think it is the Robin Hood uh, Disney movie with the all the animals and the fox Robin Hood is rumored to be getting a live action slash CGI remake. No. 
<laughs> don't do lot, that to it. No, I'm pretty tired of a these of- remakes, these these live action CGI remakes. Like, just leave it alone. And that's one of the older yeah. animated movies. I feel like that's like a classic, uh, and it's six, just real good. Either late sixties or early seventies. It's an old one. Yeah. Yeah. And. I don't. Yeah, yeah, I you're right. Tell. I just googled it. Disney Plus sets another live action remake with Robin Hood. Yeah, but it's also misleading because they're calling it like live action, but it's all CGI. Like my grandma was talking about the Lion King. It's like, oh, those weren't real lions. Like, no, they talk. No, lions. Like, oh, I can't thought they were talk. real. <laughs> but because everyone called it the Lion King live action, she thought that's what it was. Yeah, that's misleading. Um, yeah, but, they should just call it CGI action. <laughs> I don't know. I like, I love, everyone loves a little bit of a like nostalgia hit and it's fun to feed Mm -hmm. that every once in a while. But like, I feel like with content, the like rebooting of things, like it's getting a little lazy. It's almost like, what are you, can you, like, why are you remaking all of this stuff when like you have all this technology? Why don't you create something new? But like, they just can't do it. They're just recreating things. And it's like, this isn't, I mean, yeah, cool. Your programmers and these people who do CGI, they're good at their jobs, but like, hire some writers like i know plenty of writers that would write some stuff for you you know yeah they're they're afraid of taking on the risk of oh will it flop whereas this is definitely we know it's gonna sell because people have the nostalgia it's a shame you're right it's 100 percent lazy yeah Yeah, and for the money they just want to make money and they don't want to like not that they're not working hard i don't want to say that these these films aren't hard to make No, that's but they could be putting their uh artistic yes exactly uh attributes to towards better uh ventures yeah like i don't know my kids should grow up with different you know, it's cool that I could take them back to Disney Plus and show them all of the movies that I grew up with. And like, yeah, that's fun. But then they should grow up with new stories and new characters and stuff. Not not remakes of the same ones I grew up with. Yeah. Or I'm afraid uh, what many generations from now, people won't even appreciate the cartoon version of The Lion King and be like, oh, the only one I like is the CGI live right, action. Like my nephew. And they'll be like, oh, you you fool <laughs> yeah exactly like my nephews my my cousin their mom she like makes them she was like they will watch the original versions of everything before they see new ones and i was like For i sure. appreciate that go. step that effort because that's worth it you know like you got to see the original lion king before you see the live action but i'm sure there are plenty of kids out there that just saw the live action yeah For sure absolutely because i mean i know uh, as a kid i saw the hobbit movie the animated one back you know when i was younger and that one's from i think the 70s or so and that one's horrifying yeah it's like super traumatizing <laughs> the way the smeagol is drawn stuff but it made me appreciate it much more when the live action hobbit movie got made because it sucks right so <laughs> i'm glad that i got to saw it in at least one form that was uh, really well done yeah um, definitely yeah and i'd be willing to bet most people don't even know about the animated hobbit I remember renting it from Blockbuster. Yeah, yeah I know a lot of people that didn't, but I, I got lucked out when, yeah, it was like a sleepover and a friend's parents rented it. Um, I think with this Robin Hood remake, though, they're also kind of riding the coattails of furries being real hot right now. Ooh. Oh, no. <laughs> because I, I don't know a single person that didn't have a little bit of a crush on that Fox Robin Hood from that movie. Yeah. And I know um, Beastars just came out on Netflix. Yeah. What is it? And that's like a... C- Beastars. Oh, I haven't seen it. It's it's a CG anime. Um, so it's all done like with CG and 3D models and stuff, but it, it has a 2D look to it, and it's done very well. Oh, and cool. I and it's very good. Recently um, on an es- episode, asked if it was furry porn, and you couldn't definitively say it's, no. It's not. Not. <laughs> it's so what it is. It's just like Zootopia, where it's anthropomorphized or it's uh, 
personified animals, like humani- humanoid animals. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just like in a school and it's, you know, carnivores versus herbivores and like the struggle with that. And it's a very popular uh, manga. And this is the anime adaptation of it. Um, and it got a lot of attention for both people who knew of it beforehand and people like you or Doug who didn't know anything about it and saw it and were just like, yo, these animals are horny as shit. <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> so it's it got a lot of attention and I feel like they're kind of riding the coattails of stuff like that. I mean, <laughs> yo, if it's, like, it's if it's hot and you can make some stuff with it, like go for it. I guess that's, I guess it's like a toss up between being lazy and like w- capitalizing on what's like, you know, the hot trend at the moment. But I guess nostalgia has yeah. been the hot, tre- is the hot trend for years. <laughs> how can we get the horny people to spend their money? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how, how do we get horny and nostalgia fans in one room? Yeah, how do we, how Robin do we Hood? keep all of these millennials who love nostalgia who are also horny and take their money <laughs> <laughs> get all of their money up i mean it'll probably work that's the worst totally part. yeah no i think it is working <laughs> that's the downside oh man well i think that's all we have in store for today's episode we're so grateful to have had you on our program in fact uh we're gonna wrap this one up and do some plugs uh this is your opportunity to tell our listeners where they can find you on the internet social media if you want to plug doughboys any of that other stuff now's your chance hell yeah um i am on twitter and on instagram my handle is the same on both it's emma tree it's e-m-m-a-a-t-r-e-e that's what my friends used to call me because i always had weed on me (laughs) um <laughs> is where awesome. it came from and then i just never changed it and now i'm just sticking with it uh so yeah emma tree two a's uh and then you know you can hear me in the doughboys podcast uh every once in a while and then um i also do a podcast with steve renazizi on the all things comedy network called what's the odds it's like a sports betting podcast kind of i know nothing about sports um but we, we talk <laughs> about all kinds of crazy shit and i'm on that with him too every wednesday uh so um yeah i'm all over the place look but just mostly find me on twitter and instagram and then you'll find my other stuff from there awesome and bren how about you i know you have another podcast yeah i have another podcast called are weeb there yet because i'm a filthy weeaboo that loves anime (laughs) and uh me and another anime obsessed friend force our non-anime obsessed friend to watch anime and try and convert him it's not going well though he surprisingly liked b stars so Hmm. Ooh. Uh, There's a chance yeah. I might be on the show again, even though I was told I never will be. <laughs> <laughs> well, this time you're not picking the show, but yeah, Doug will probably be on in uh, probably about like two weeks or so. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at ABTSBrendan. It stands for Almost Better Than Silence. <laughs> what you're listening to Silence. now. Um, awesome. And listeners, if you like our show, give us a like, follow, subscribe. We're findable at all the places at ABT Silence. Uh, Twitch streaming, very rarely, but it's worth a chance if you want to check us out playing games. Twitch.tv slash ABT Silence. I also have a record label. It's MissedOutRecords.com. Head over there if you want to see what vinyl, cassettes, and t-shirts and all sorts of cool shit zines is available there. Um, But like I said, it was a blast having Emma on the show. Uh, Hopefully we'll catch up with you again in the future. But until then, we'll see you guys next week. See ya. Thanks so much, guys. Bye.